You're listening to Castle Rock First United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Castle Rock FUMC, you can go online at fumccr.org. Thank you, and have a good day. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, as we gather here in this place, may you remind us that you are always with us. May you speak to us as the scripture is read and the word is meditated on. And just be with us in this day and every day. And all of God's people said, Amen. Our scripture lesson for today comes from Psalm, the book of Psalms, chapter, or actually uh, chapter 123. Listen to these words. I raise my eyes to you, you who roll heaven. Just as the eyes of servants attend to their master's hands, just as the eyes of a female servant attend to her mistress's hands, that's how our eyes attend to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. Have mercy on us, Lord, have mercy, because we have had more than enough shame. We have had more than enough mockery from the self-confident, more than enough shame from the proud. This is the scripture of faith for the people of faith. Thanks be to God. Amen. So one of the things um, we think about the scripture reading, I'm not like the first, the first line came out to me. I raise my eyes to you, you who rule the heaven. The author of the Psalms here is connecting with God in a unique way, recognizing that God is with him. Uh, and, I always think of that, and, and, and how do we know? Like, how do we know that God is with us? And, and I think of it like this. Like, when I go on mission trips or when I've been in uh, church camp settings, uh, usually working with my small groups, one of the questions I ask every day with them is, where did you see God today? And one of the reasons why I do this, one of the reasons why I love asking this question is because I want us to, to open our eyes to where God is at work in this world. Because sometimes we get so hyper-focused on what we're doing, we get so hyper-focused on what's going on in front of us that we forget that God is always at work on us and through us. And sometimes that can be as simple as, I, I love some of the answers I always get from kids, uh, especially like when it was like little elementary kids, and they would say, we see God in the food. Because, you know, for some of those kids that we were uh, working with, that, that was some of the best food that they would get throughout their summer. I, I think of um, on a mission trip and, and thinking about when I asked that question and thinking about when um, they would say the workers that we were working with and how they could see God working through them being graceful for us, you know, because sometimes when you go on mission trips, not everybody's skilled and you're throwing somebody into a situation where they're not like best skilled at and they're learning from those uh, that are with them. And I think that when we open our eyes up to God, and we can see God at work in this world, we, uh, have this, we, we gain this special connection with God. So much so that we connect with those that have gone before us and, and those that are around us in a unique and special way, that when we can see God at work in anything and everything, it grounds us a little bit. It, it keeps us um, looking at our eyes up, looking towards heaven, looking for God in unique and special ways. I know for me, when, when one of the ways that I connect to God is um, through uh, my tribal dancing. 
Uh, today I'm wearing um, one of my ribbon shirts. I have two. Uh, this is one my mom made for me as a teenager, and it's one I've worn for a very long time, so much so that it actually doesn't fit like here anymore. Like I can't button it anymore. Um, and so um, I wear it because one, I'm wearing it for a couple of reasons. One, um, it's one of the ways that I connect with God. There's something about it for me when I'm in my full regalia and dancing in the arena with those that are around me that may even be cousins or you know, distant relatives and, and my family and thinking about my nieces and nephews that I'm dancing with and my children um, and, and just all the memories that come back as I enter into the arena just provide this special connection between me and God that I, I can never explain. And I can tell you that the years of COVID, the three years that the tribe didn't have dances, I felt like I was missing something. There was a lost connection for me. And, and a lot of it was because there is something about it for me, that connection that I make uh, in the arena that just, I don't know, it grounds me. It, it makes me feel whole again. And, and a lot of that is, like, I think of one of my favorite last pictures, and I, I wish I would have uh, added it to the slides today, is me walking into the arena with my grandfather in front of me for the last time. I didn't know it'd be the last time, in all honesty. Um, I thought I'd have this to do this for a few more years. And what I love about it is he's in front of us, and I've got Emily and Laura in tow, and they were, they were little at the time. But that's what we're called to do. We're called to, to help lead the next generation along the way. And the way that we go about that matters. The way that we share God's story and share God's love with the world matters. It's one of love. It's not one of judgment. And I really do believe that one of the reasons why we're failing as the church is that we forget to acknowledge that God is always working on us and working through us. We become so hyper-focused on the thing, and usually the thing is getting people in the church, that we forget that God is at work everywhere. It's not just at a particular time on a particular day. It's not about you, but I experience the Holy Spirit throughout my week. And sometimes it can be a simple conversation or somebody who just happened to, to pop in somewhere or be in, in a space that, that is uh, just one of those things that you just say, thank you, God, for that moment. And the psalmist was, was raising his, his eyes up to the Lord and, and in a way that he was crying out for mercy because we all need mercy. We all need that love and grace that God has for us. And if there's anything I want to convey to you is that sometimes we have to go through the hard parts of life before we can really connect with God. And I'm reminded of, um, for those of you that don't know, John Wesley actually came uh, to the United States. He came to Savannah, Georgia in the 1700s and as a missionary. And, and his whole purpose, I love what he says here in his whole purpose. He says in his journal, he says, I came to convert the Indians, but oh, who will convert me? And what most people don't realize about John Wesley is that when John Wesley came over to the Americas, like he literally had, like I call it the bright eyed, ready to like conquer the world mentality. Like he was like, I'm going to come and these, these natives are going to respect me. They're going to listen to me. They're going to bow down to my authority and they're going to do everything I want. And they're going to bow down to God and they're just going to be really good disciples of Jesus. What John had in his head, <laughs> the reality was far from it. So much so that John wrote these very harsh words. And, and I share these words with you, but not because, um, I share these words with you because we can learn from them. 
John shared in his journal, he said, I will hear the gospel afresh by preaching it to the innocent savages because they have no defense against the text. After I met with some Native Americans, he was, I'm not going to lie, his, his approach to them wasn't relational. It wasn't caring. It wasn't loving. It was follow me or else. <laughs> And he said about them, he said about the natives, they're liars, they're thieves, they're murderers. They murder their own babies, they murder their own parents, they do not wish to learn and are not willing to be taught. Talk about someone who didn't have their eyes on God. Talk about someone who had missed the mark. Talk about someone who um, had a great plan in mind. When God was literally providing him a great opportunity to share God's love in front of them, and what did he choose? He chose the wrong direction. But what's interesting about Wesley's experience and, and you know, experiment in Georgia was while he failed miserably, like literally got ran out of Georgia. There's a legend even in John Wesley in John Wesley's story in Georgia that um, he denied communion to his once fiance. And in the Church of England, like, not doing your priestly duty could mean imprisonment. And so, like, before they arrested him and before they put him on the trial, he jumped on the boat back to England. That's a legend. I don't know. I've, I've been told that that's not his truth. But he, here's the funny thing about Wesley. Here's why he needed to learn mercy. Here's why he needed to learn love. He, he wanted to go into the native villages, and his friend John Oberforth wouldn't allow him to go. Oglethorpe said, you'll be killed and scalped, and who will take care of us, the colonists? Now, Wesley did make some connections. He actually uh, became friends with a Creek chief and, and his translator, and, and even that translator, was on. they were on their way to England, and he got to know them and care for them a little bit. And, and what's interesting is, is that Wesley's experiment, while failed... <laughs> It was a learning experience for him because it was on his way back um, from Georgia that he felt like he had failed. He, he was missing out on, on something. He was missing out on that connection. And it was after that time and after the experience that he had that uh, Aldersgate experience where he had in the upper room where they read uh, Martin Luther's preface to Romans and, and it made his heart feel strangely warmed and he changed his mind. He asked for that mercy. Because he asked for that mercy, you know, he was able to free himself and, and to be uh, the father of Methodism that we know today. But he wasn't always successful. And I share that with you because I want us to realize that like, there are going to be times where we kind of have those moments where we mess up. And crying out to God for mercy is what we should do, what we need to do. In those times that we feel distant and we feel afraid, what a better way to, to, to raise your eyes to the heavens, to cry out to God. I know there are times when I have to do that. There are times where I feel disconnected. There are times where I'm trying to figure out what to do next. And the only thing I know what to do is, Lord, help me. And then I sit. And just feel where the Spirit may be leading me. And sometimes that opens me up to new places and new spaces. And sometimes that just says, 
just said. And so I think that how we experience God matters. How we share God love how we share God's love matters. It's not just for us to hone into. You know, Wesley's approach, I'm not gonna lie, very, Wesley's approach was very individualistic, very centric, and less about pointing people to God. And when he got that, like literally, it took him going to Georgia, failing, and coming back. When he realized that it was about helping people make that connection with God and going to places where nobody else would go to, it changed him. It changed him to, to help uh, establish the church that we know today. And while that's shaping and changing as the world shapes and change, the question we have to wrestle with is, who are you crying out to? Where are you turning your eyes? Because if we turn our eyes to God, it centers us. It grounds us. It gives us peace and hope for the future. And so my challenge this week is look up. You know, this is one of those fun weeks when we have either we're going somewhere or we have people coming over or whatever else, and you're going to be tested. You will be tested in some way, shape, or form. Don't forget to breathe. You'd be surprised at how often that diffuses situations. Don't forget that even the person that you disagree with is a child of God. And don't forget that we all need a little mercy from time to time. And then don't forget to look up. Because if you do that, even the most annoying family member or friend that may be at your house won't bother you. Because all you have to do is say, you know, they are an interesting child of God. God be with them. Or you can do what I'm doing and hiding and not going anywhere. <laughs> the choice is yours. But every day we have an opportunity to share God with the world. So how are you going to do that?